and they can't be babysat 24 seven. Yeah. And then you start seeing the weird, uh, uh, eccentric, the weird Excent- shit eccentricities <laughs> Ex- uh, you, you see their fucking weirdness uh the, the, the dumb shit hip-hop homonymous <laughs> Welcome to A Cast With No Name. We are your hosts. I'm Jay. And I'm Matt. This is episode 5, Monday, May 2nd, 2022. This episode, we will discuss the 2022 Netflix films, The Bubble and Windfall, plus some other shit. But first. Yeah, I finished uh, The Americans and Ozark. Nice. That's what I did this week. Started up, started up Stranger Things again. Cool. That's coming out at the end of the month. How was The Americans? Very good. I recommend it. It's only, uh, I think, six seasons, 10, 10 episodes a season. The finale was good. Very satisfying. Uh, character arcs were good. Acting was great. You know, script was good. Did you feel like they left anything open or anything they didn't address? No. I thought every every story arc kind of was tightly buttoned up. There was one little thing that they kind of left open, but it... it was meant to be left open, mm-hmm. which was satisfying. So it's a very solid TV show, and it's well worth your time. Cool. Yeah. Cool. You? Uh, the only thing that I watched, other than the bubble and windfall, of course, was Winning Time. Um, just staying up to that today on that. That has been getting a lot of pushback from people who they're portraying in the show, particularly Jerry West. He is not a fan of the portrayal. Oh, of himself. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was he was he was the previous coach before Westhead and I think so. Pat well, Riley. Well, Jerry West was a player. Yeah, and he I think they had him as a coach or something. I think he was the coach of the Lakers. Yeah, for a little right. bit. Um, I don't know who's playing him though. It's not Jason Siegel. No, it's uh the guy who did the shit, John Connor. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason Clark. Clark. Yeah. yeah. So, so Jerry West was not a fan of okay. Jason Clark's portrayal, which is probably not Jason Clark's fault. It's just the writers. No, because I th- I think uh, Jason Clark's really good in the show. Um, He's a good actor. Actually, everyone in the show is really good. Oh yeah, I'm sure part. I'm sure everyone's top notch. Um, but uh, but huh. I don't know you. So you've watched it. Mm-hmm. I haven't. So Jerry West didn't like. I guess there's a scene where he throws. He has like a tirade and throws some stuff. And yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean it's. Yeah, he just seems like angry, like an angry, angry, angry guy. He does. He seems like he his character, at least, seems like he doesn't know what he wants out of life. Uh, um, but he does have an anger or like a chip on his shoulder. Um, and it explores that a little bit. It doesn't go too deep into it, but it has him winning the championship and just mm. to where he gets that brief satisfaction of success and then it immediately goes away within seconds huh. and he's back to being pissed or like okay what well, now what next what next kind of to where he's not satisfied with his accomplishments in life really um that's what it kind of uh but it, it just seems like he's lost as a person to where he doesn't as his character it feels like he doesn't know what he wants out of life what he wants to do mm. um he knows he from what I get from his character, he knows he likes, he loves basketball. He wants to be a part of basketball, but he doesn't know how he wants to be a part of basketball because he had the, the option of 
co- in the show, he had the option of coaching uh, this new team that was being pulled together under the new ownership. And he was given carte blanche as far as budget, mm. get the players you need to get a championship team. And he kind of pulled back from that opportunity, uh, partly probably because of fear to where, oh, then he went. I mean, they address this in the show to where, oh, you just want to have anyone to blame if you fail. But um, but he still sticks around throughout <laughs> the whole season to where he's not a coach. He doesn't work in the front office. I guess he does in a way. So what's he, what's he there for then? Moral support for transition, stuff like that. <laughs> but he just keeps like just helping out kind of like even, if he, even that, even though he doesn't need yeah, to kind uh, of, uh, there is a con a consultant a little bit. Okay. Um, and so he has a consultant role a little bit. That. Yeah. To where he doesn't have like an official position, but he travels with the team. He's, he helps out with some of the administrative stuff in the front office without actually having a real position there. Right. Do they portray and, him as like incompetent? No. Um, no. they, it, they just portray him as, I mean, unhinged. Nah, just yeah, I mean, I, I honestly angry. Just just angry. Yeah. Um. Maybe that's what he has a problem with. And but I mean, he just str- like and it. Watching him, I don't think. Oh, that's an, a very angry person. Part of his actions, I'm like, yeah, he's not happy yeah. with something. Like he needs to figure something out. Um. But but that's an issue with with shows like this where you're portraying people that are either living or their relatives are still alive. So you're going to have to take so any, any any form of liberty that you do take, it's going to be met with some sort of criticism. Yeah. And that's the first thing they have, like right before the credits at the end of every episode is that th- this is based off real people, uh, but creative license was taken sure. in the retelling of the story kind of a thing. Sure. Because it is based off of, I think there was a book written in the 80s called When in Time. Okay. Um, and the show is based off that book. Was it like? Some some creative liberties were taken, except for all the the trains that Magic Johnson <laughs> had on all those groupies. That's totally true. Uh, it, that is that, <laughs> that that's probably just like as a, the print gets smaller further yeah. down the screen, um, which they don't pull back on that at all. Um, oh, they don't. So they go in heavy in the paint on like Magic Johnson's oh, sexcapades. Yeah, and they just. Everyone's. I mean, he wakes up randomly with three chicks around him, or really? he goes to a whorehouse and he's just banging chicks left and right. And no everything. kidding um so yeah they don't they don't sugarcoat that at all um they you don't know, it's funny because Max johnson hasn't come out saying that he doesn't like the portrayal of, well of i don't think you really get it i mean how do you get hiv well right. it wasn't sharing needles shocker <laughs> yeah yeah so um but i mean and i don't think i don't feel like they've painted anybody in an unnatural light at least uh from my perspective and i don't know these people at all right. i mean i knew sure. of magic johnson um oh you're a huge sports fan though oh yeah yeah There's, the green bay merman versus the detroit you know sabers oh yeah soccer i mean all of it it's all um, good stuff yeah it's great and uh <laughs> america's pastime the yeah. but i don't think i don't think anyone's portrayed bad it's just people are portrayed as real people right with flaws. Yeah. Okay. And th- I think that's what makes the show interesting sure. because it's the, I mean, what I'm enjoying out of the show is the char- different characters interacting and looking at the obstacles that these characters are presented with and seeing how they overcome them, um, which I'm sure hopefully is based somewhat in reality and 
because uh, I'm sure hopefully some of the business thinking or what they actually had to do is probably correct. Sure. Um, well, and Adam McKay is a pretty good, he's, I like his writing mm-hmm. and all the actors in it. I like a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. So I'm I sure mean, it's good. Yeah. And I don't mind it. Like I haven't, I haven't walked away from the show thinking uh person's kind of an asshole. Sure. Like I want to want to be around that person or whatever. I mean, everyone is, I mean, when you're in that field, I mean, everyone's super competitive. Yeah. Oh yeah. People are going to get angry. People are, but yeah, that's yeah, it's weird. Is is he the only one that's kind of pushed back on the show that I know so far? Like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar hasn't, he he doesn't seem to be a particular fan of it, but he's not, he's not overtly saying that, you know, his portrayal was inaccurate or just the, the overall story in general mm-hmm. was inaccurate. But Jerry West is definitely saying that I, I've never acted that way. It's a complete, you know, misnomer of anything that I've ever done. Hmm. It's just completely uh, inaccurate. He's just, I don't know, being Jerry West. Yeah. Old man about it. So, so what's his, <clears throat> what is the series going to conclude? Is, are they just working towards like the end of Magic Johnson's career or the end of like a particular year and season? So at the beginning of the show, they had a clip from 91 or whenever it was. Okay. When he came out with the announcement. When he came out, uh, cause he was in the doctor's office yeah. and then it goes all the way back to 1979. Uh, okay. And, but this season so far took place from pretty much right before the NBA draft and where Jerry Buss uh, bought the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And now at the end of this season, it's uh, we just got done with playoffs and it's going into the finals with okay. uh, the 76ers and the Lakers. Okay. So it looks like if they do it correctly and it's a successful show, they could each, ha- they could do one season of television for one season of basketball up to oh, that point. You think that's where they're headed? I don't know. I mean, if there's enough legs on it, I mean, I think that was the idea with Mad Men uh, at the beginning was to have started in the sixth, like 1960. And I think they originally wanted to have each season of Mad Men would be each year. year. And uh, as the seasons progressed, they kind of had the years go from like, 67 to 68 and 68 to 69 to right. kind of wrap it up. But they still took place all in that one decade to where maybe they're doing the same with this if it gets successful enough. Right. I thought it was a limited series. That's what I thought too, but it's not, hasn't progressed anywhere. I mean, if they end it and it's a limited series, I, I guess they could probably wrap it up. Right. But the way it's going, because it's only concentrated on the uh, 79 to 80 season. Right. Huh. That's it. So it hasn't jumped forward in time at all. Hasn't done any of that. Well, I wouldn't be mad at a good sports show. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of think of like a, it's the last good sports show coach. Arliss. <laughs> I never even saw that. I, I, I always know. I always hear about that though. Um, yeah. Coach probably. Remember coach. Yeah. My mom used to watch that all the time. Love that. I watched that a lot and Good old Craig when T. it was Nelson. in syndication because I think it was like one of, it would be on at like eleven thirty yeah. at night or something yeah. like that. I'm like Nick at night or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't Jerry uh Van Dyke in that show? Mm-hmm. Okay. Jerry Van Dyke. Craig T. Nelson. That's right. But but yeah, I watched that and then I watched uh a Netflix movie called Metal Lords. This was based off a recommendation Metal Lords of somebody I work with. It's it's a teen comedy 
Okay. And I say that in quotes because there are some funny parts. Oh, metal, like heavy metal. Metal. I yes. think I've seen like the title, but yeah. didn't really get into it. Um, has the kid from It in there? Um, and it's it's fine. It's a teen movie. Okay. It's, it's fine, but yeah. it was recommended uh, by a person I work with. Um, was it funnier than the bubble? Y- y- <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know. Okay, they were, but I mean, it was a teen comedy, so sure. it was like, eh, it it was fine. It was. Uh, Would you recommend that I see it? No, no, you don't need to. It's um, got a six point seven out of ten. Okay. Um, which is yeah, that's. It. I mean, it's fine. It was, it was a very. I mean, it was a competent movie or whatever, and right. characters had arcs. Some of the stuff was like cheesy or whatever but it's a teen is movie it, what is it do? like uh what's that movie with uh jacob tremblay and uh two other little kid actors i saw a movie it was like because they're all they're both they're all 12 years old and, and in middle school and it was like a hard r-rated comedy and i remember thinking i don't want to see a hard r-rated c- comedy with a bunch of 12 year old good boys or something yeah or then something. i watched it and i was pleasantly surprised that it was actually a pretty heartfelt decent comedy um yeah i think it's called good boys but you know, it was yeah. a, it was a nice little coming of age movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it was definitely hard R, but it wasn't like uh, a crazy raunchy, like inappropriate for. They were innocently, uh, yeah, innocent characters yeah. discovering stuff. They weren't like they it wasn't know. kids being raunchy for the sake of being raunchy. And, oh, and it's funny because you have a child saying Fuck. exactly, and, exactly. Yeah, no, uh, this one wasn't really coming of age at all because I enjoyed, I enjoy coming of age movies um this really didn't have that it was more of uh because like the whole thing was like the the climax was at a battle of the bands thing so it was kind like, of like school rockish yeah uh, yeah a little bit i guess but yeah. um yeah was, okay all right yeah. uh guy I worked with recommended it i was like okay i'll watch it yeah cool yeah i recommend the americans though yeah yeah you should go you should definitely take the time to see that check it out i've heard multiple from multiple people saying that it was a good show yeah carrie russell's awesome and uh, matthew reese is really good he's actually very good in perry mason too yeah uh, that was I, a show that just came on hbo was, i didn't see that there, that was just one season was so it? they're gonna make another one but okay yeah it's that was a really good show was it now is that like a um is that kind of like mystery, like noir? noir? That's all it is. Mystery noir. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I might have to watch. It's pretty good. I like that. It's not going to blow your mind, but it's it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the sake of being entertaining. Yeah, we have, we got to watch the last season of Ozark. A new season of Barry came out, which I don't know if you see that. I never have. I heard it's good. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and there's just so much, Jay. I know, there's too much. There's too much shit too much but i i finished ozark obviously we'll talk about that you know next time but uh that'll be a good discussion to have mm-hmm. yeah cool cool uh something else the final i think the final or second trailer for jurassic world dominion um and i sent you a text last yeah. week mm-hmm. i was like hey this this came out we should talk about it yep and what do you think of the trailer meh yeah, that's you know, that's kinda, why I wanted to talk about it. It's meh. 
because I watched it and I was like, this looks like the biggest piece of dog shit. I've at like, how much money are they throwing at this for the last gasping breath? Of, which it's not going to be the last. They're going to keep making these things. I know in perpetuity. But well, I f- did you have the same feeling when the part in the trailer came up where he made he makes a promise to the dinosaur, "I'm gonna I'm gonna find your kid." Like your I can't even remember what the dinosaur's name is. I'm gonna and I'm thinking in my head, really, we're yep. making promises to dinosaurs, and literally ten seconds later, Jeff Goldblum makes fun of that, moment. points it out, and I'm like, okay, we've crossed the Rubicon here. <laughs> it's now making fun of itself. Yes, and which doesn't make it okay. That still doesn't exactly. Like, oh, we're gonna call out how ridiculous it is in the movie, right? So that way it's okay. No, it's still stupid. Exactly. I've talked about this. I don't know how many times. Just because you make fun of yourself doesn't mean you it's can do whatever dumb. you want. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't give you creative license to do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, we're doing it ironically. No, you're. Why are you doing it? It's yes. Like, what's your point? Are is there, are you shitting on your own franchise? Yeah. What is the purpose of doing it right. like that? They're either making a serious movie or you're making schlock and you know you're making crap, which at that point, why? Other than for a, maybe a paycheck. Yeah. Um, of course, that's what it's for. But but I mean, yeah, the and there's a lot of similar beats. It's the same plot. They, they even in the trailer, they mentioned, oh, it's the biggest dinosaur uh, history has ever seen. It's like every every movie they have to up the ante on how big the dinosaur is. It's it's like okay, is this one as big as the Empire State Building, or as big as Texas? I, it's like Independence Day Resurgence, where the ship it's not it's not enough that it is it's as big as Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It's it's covering the continent of North America. The I think uh, with that might be a real dinosaur they think existed because there were some nerds in the uh comment oh, section okay. saying oh if they uh, bring out gigantic gorosaurus <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was called um they're like oh they better not do him dirty and i'm like what, <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> i was like of course they are it's this final movie in this trilogy yeah um do I, him dirty i don't after watching it i had no just i don't i don't care like the second one was for very forgettable um i just yeah the money that's the only reason why they're making more is money and it's it's following the same formula as is star wars and every other soft reboot where you have the same old characters come in and you even have jeff goldblum with the t-rex waving like the flares in the trailer and oh remember when i did this in the first one remember everybody yeah i I I like to know who they're. Obviously, it's money, but who are they making it for? I think right now they're trying to make it for everybody. Yeah, they're trying to pull in a new audience and like, hey, Chris Pratt's in it. You like Chris Pratt? Well, I mean, like this particular movie because the the second one didn't do too well, did it? Or it did, did. It did. It did. It made like one point three billion dollars. Well, I guess so did the Transformers up until forever. Yeah. But yeah, until the fifth one, where yeah, people those, got tired yeah, of it. Only made three quarters of a billion <laughs> instead of a four. full billion. Exactly. So, um, it recouped its budget back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one or the other. You want to get into sure the uh, the awesomeness. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about the bubble first. So. Bubble came out this year as uh, directed by Judd Apatow and written by Judd Apatow, along with some others, uh, Pam Brady. And the bubble 
uh, came out on April 1st on Netflix and it is about a group of actors and actresses stuck inside a pandemic bubble at a hotel as they attempt to complete a film. Comedy. That is what it's about. It's <clears throat> a perfect synopsis of this movie. Yep. What did you think of the bubble? Uh, I'm not saying this is hyper trying to be hyperbolic. It is the worst movie of this year so far. Hands really? down. I didn't enjoy one second of it. I even texted you 30 minutes in when I was watching it and said, I don't know if I can finish this fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. You said, uh, I'm going right to hold on. I got I, it was I, Jay. Up, it's a it's a pile text. of dog shit. Um, he said, dude, I am 30 minutes into the bubble and I'm seriously want to jump off a bridge. I'm so close to just turning it off. And I said, finish it. Yes. You said, I will, but Jesus. All right. <laughs> so, so when I say the worst movie, I know that there's other movies out there that I'm sure are poorly made and not as good as the bubble. Like say a Bruce Willis direct to video movie. I'm sure it, I, I would enjoy it. the bubbles of a, a more well-made movie than that movie is but the bubble i get no sense that anyone tried to do anything there's no attempt to try to do anything it's just nonsense and uh people threw words together in a script and they hired their friends to say the nonsense lines around this vague concept of hey we're in a bubble it's a pandemic let's make fun of the situation and see where the movie goes but there's no discernible story arc at all Mm -hmm. and it's like it reminded me of an snl skit that's stretched into two hours like night at the roxbury or superstar or ladies man any one of these bits that works for like eight minutes and then all the jokes run out and then that's it that's what the bubble is i was going to feign my excitement for this movie and just like kind of build it up like oh no see you don't you don't you don't get it and because yeah. it's, it's about this and this and the, and i i honestly don't even have the energy to do that <laughs> for, with this because it like you said it's it, yeah jay what do you what did you think of it i we didn't I, even get to this i thought it was a nothing thing <laughs> Um, I'm glad we're talking about two movies this week because I, yeah. How do you even dive into it? There were a couple of things that I liked in it, but it was so, and everyone's touched on this. That's seen it. It it's so all over the place. Yeah. I didn't know. And I didn't know what the point was to where, all right. So, I don't know if you felt this way. I know I have. Um, at least some days you're at work. Mm-hmm. If you're having a shit day or something and you kind of kind of take a step back and you sit and you're thinking, like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Yeah. Kind of a thing. Like, yeah. is this is this what I should be doing? Could I be doing something better? Could I be doing something like I I think we've all felt that shit. How did Judd Apatow not feel like that? every day while this was being edited the only way i could think of him not feeling that way is if he wasn't there while it was being cut together Mm. because he didn't that's how little of a fuck he gave on this movie right um yeah it was it felt like a bunch of random ideas yeah that oh this is this would be funny throw it in there this would be funny throw it in there um felt really all over the place 
there were <laughs> you know there was a couple of times i chuckled <laughs> and it was when karen gilliam was pissing her pants <laughs> the dinosaur <laughs> yelling at her screaming at her and uh <laughs> because they the studio heads wanted to silence her so they just made her character <laughs> piss themselves <laughs> she said you can stop doing that <laughs> uh that i thought was funny um <laughs> but it see in isolation that is funny jay but i was so angry at the movie up until that point where i didn't even laugh i was just like i need to get this shit over with i did giggle the only time i did giggle was when the first five minutes in the movie where karen gillum is going through her filmography and she plays like an israeli pakistani descent and she half she's israeli tra- half Pakistani. she's trying to do the accent and she's just awful <laughs> at it. So yeah, I give it with that. That was pretty good. But um and uh there was what good thing all right. I'll touch on like two two good things that I liked. Okay. Uh Pedro Pascal and Maria Baklava Bakalava. Uh Who's Maria Baklava? She played Baklava. the receptionist, the hotel receptionist. That he's that, trying to bang the whole time. He's trying to bang the whole time. Those okay. two together, I was like, okay, that's like I, he was probably my favorite part of the movie and then those two together i thought worked were really well um and so i i enjoyed some aspects of that um of their back and forth or just his character um because that's i mean he was so one-dimensional but he did it so well that he's like oh i my character wants sex okay um but i like that i like the uh the cliff scene and i and the only uh when they just start when they oh, just let go there. and they're just hanging there. Yeah. And the only reason why I like that is because of the visual to where usually you see that with the green screen, you don't see it with the finished effects to where it just kind of it looked weird right. and it looked unique. And I was like, oh, that's I've never seen that before. Yeah. That's why I made note of it. Other than that, um, I thought 60 minutes in. I thought they were going somewhere and if they would have continued with it, because I paused this movie, I think like three or four times mm-hmm. to see how much time was left. <laughs> and I think it was the, th- it was the 18th time. It, it was time. the second or the third <laughs> time that I paused it. Yeah. It was uh, right around the 60 minute mark. And when the corporate heads, we're talking like you had one direct report going to their superior. And then like, so you had uh, Kate McKinnon going to, was it John Lithgow? Oh yeah. 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 And, and then John Lithgow went to like, went, a went, went to his superior Senegalese and they kept guy. saying the same thing. And yeah. the, the other, well, get it done. I know you're the person to like that yeah, yeah. bullshit corporate speak that everyone everyone's said. heard. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that's where they were going to go. And I thought it was going to go on a commentary as far as how corporations or businesses take advantage of workers. Yeah. And I thought it was going to make a statement on that. Nope. <laughs> no. that, that was about it. And uh, because she, Karen, Karen's character, Karen Gillum's character was trying to, I mean, not unionized, but hey, why are like, this is horrible. They're keeping us here. We shouldn't be because I thought they were going to talk about, um, oh, what they call them during the pandemic. Necessary workers, essential workers, essential workers. Yeah, Yeah. that that dumb uh, thing. Yes. I thought they were going to like go in that direction to where, oh, it's going to be a 
commentary on like modern day corporate America kind right. of a thing. And that this is the metaphor for that would have made that. it more interesting. Yeah. And but it didn't. It no. it touched on it for 30 seconds and then moved on it's without saying anything. Shit. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know why. Why they I mean, were they all bored? I don't know. That's what makes it so frustrating. Judd Apatow has written some great movies. And Pam Brady is South Park. South Park writer. She wrote Team America, World Police, one of the funniest movies mm-hmm. I've ever seen. That's what makes it even more disheartening. I just don't. Yeah, it's just all lazy shit. And when, and when you have talent like that, like Karen Gillan, Pedro Pascal, David Duchovny, Keegan Michael Key. Mm-hmm. David Duchovny, he, he had a couple of scenes in there that I thought was was decent. But, yeah. Um, and you have a production budget, obviously. They blew it all on like the effects. Mm-hmm. And you could it would even have been funnier if like the effects were cheesier. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, make a comment. To, I mean, everything that they did or they tried to like, oh, aren't actors so weird? Tropic Thunder did it better. Right. They did it a million times better. Oh, and God, the fact yeah. that I'm pretty sure Ben Stiller and Judd Apatow are really good friends. Yeah, absolutely. To where like I was watching this, I was like, you you ripped off a very good friend of yours off of a better movie. Yeah, they even get away the same way off in a helicopter. Yes, uh, they I mean, and they try and point out their absurdity of w- their role in the world. Yeah. But everything that they even alluded to or talked about, Tropic Thunder did a lot better. Yep. Um, is well, and let, let's touch on that uh, thing that we talked about last week where, you know, is this style of comedy dead in the water? This I've kind of described it as like this over exaggeration of the situation you're in in the conversation. But I mean, as far yeah. as that style of comedy, it's I think so. But I mean, I don't even know if it was the style like it would feel unfair saying the style of comedy is dead because of this movie, just simply because there were so many other issues with the movie. Oh, yeah. That the comedy may have worked if the writing or the story structure was better or if the main because if the direction was better if it was trimmed down if it was made i mean made sense as far as who the story was about sure maybe he can't do ensemble casts yeah maybe that's just a could be and you're right that's a good point maybe it's a little harsh saying it's dead because you're right there are a lot of other things that are wrong with it like the the who's the main character in this Jay? I was going to bring that up because I thought it was Karen Gillan. No, I thought it was well based on the intro of the movie. I thought it was going to be the two. Um, oh, what are their names? Uh, Harry Trevaldwin played Gunther and Samson Ko Kyo Ko. Uh, oh, like the servants. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was the two. Yeah, servants or whatever they were. Um, assistants. Assistants. I thought it was going to follow them to where it was going to be them trying to wrangle all of these larger than life personalities. That's a much better idea. And I thought that's what it was going to be about. And then it shifted over to Karen Gillum and uh, Gillen. And um, then she was the main character. Right. After that. And then we barely saw. So I don't yeah, there's no structure. Yeah. Like all of his other movies, everyone, like 40 year old virgin, you followed Steve Carell mm-hmm. in his story arc, knocked up. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Uh, this is 40. Leslie Mann and Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. funny people, Adam Sandler, Trainwreck, Amy Schumer, King of Staten Island, Pete Davidson. You 
had a central character that was obvious to who you were following. They were flawed, and there was an arc to that story where mm-hmm. they would learn something in the end. All those movies had that. Yeah. This doesn't have that. It's just, like you said, ensemble and random jokes thrown in there. Yeah. And the, satirizing the situation. Yeah. The the main character was a was an issue because then it I mean you didn't know who to root for. Like I Yeah. I root for it to be over. Yeah. I like the last straw to me, Jay, was the Beck scene. It's like, all right, we got 10 minutes to kill. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I got a favor I can call him to Beck. You want to see if he can like virtually join us? And like, we'll just write a little something and see what he does. And, and then we'll have the actors just dance all idiotically. That's when I thought they were still going to go in that direction of how corporations treat the labor force. Yeah. And I, I thought that because that when I when that happened, I was like, oh, that feels like the equivalent the equivalence of a pizza party or something like that. Like, good job guys. Uh, we got 40% margin this quarter and hey, we're uh, doing a company picnic. Hey, yeah, pizza party guys for your, for your hard work. That's right. Um, Join the raffle and win yourself a 26 inch TV. So I, that, when that came up, I kind of giggled because I thought that's what it was like a morale booster. Like, Oh, here's a, yeah, here's Beck singing for you guys. And yeah. Um, but yeah, but, I mean, it was just. But you have to comment on the situation. The characters have to comment on the absurdity of, like, you know, like you, like you making just said. it obvious in case and you're not. too stupid to exactly. Uh, yeah, but they're not even doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, yeah. Thought it thought it was going to be a commentary on the workforce um, in corporations today. Nope. I thought it was going to be a commentary on the entertainment industry. It wasn't even that. It was. Um, I mean, the only commentary they had is like, oh, I mean, they had said like little tongue in cheek lines of, oh, it's our responsibility to make people happy again. And mm-hmm. and then they said, well, people are actually dealing with some real shit. And that's about as far as that went. Um, I mean, so it, it just didn't say anything. It was. No. Nah. Um, and it is sort of offensive to people that did like lose their livelihoods and their jobs when they have that montage of them in quarantine for 10 to 15 minutes. And they're like losing their minds because they're in a room for 14 days. Yeah, I thought room service and doing that, whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Yeah, that I felt was a very. Uh, privileged, privileged look at quarantine. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> yes. oh, I got to be in here for two weeks to before I can work. Yeah. On a movie, you know, playing make believe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Now, even if they kept, it kind of would be funny if because they had two quarantines mm-hmm. to where if they just kept doing it to where they had like five. Yes, it's satirize like, it. It's like every like yes. our, out of quarantine, we're back. They shoot one scene, and then it's like three hours later. Like, guys, yeah. we. We got to go back. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yes. And so you can see them just like slowly dev- devolve into, into madness. Yes. Yes. Um. Again, would be a better movie. And That's then right. you could have the two. Yeah. Gunther and Bola having to deal with that stuff and yeah. everyone just losing their minds around them. Um, yeah. You, you could have made this movie satirizing how corporations treat their workers and the ridiculousness of COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. 
tailored with that. Yeah. And you what could, being essential whole, actually means. Right. Because you could have had that whole thing. Like, yes. nope, you guys are essential. We got to bring right. to where they're just kept in there by the time they get out. It's like right. been two years or something ridiculous to where everything's over by now. And right. whatever they were doing is wasted anyways. But, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they could have done so much with that. But I feel like watching this, it it felt like these like Judd Apatow, like, you know, at the end of a year, sometimes when you uh, work at a, with a company and uh, you have extra, you have a surplus in the budget and shit, we got to got to spend the money. Yeah. Um, or else it goes away to where I feel like Judd Apatow had a timeline or a deadline to where, oh, I got I get to do a movie, but I got to do it right now. And OK, who wants to join in this or who needs money? while everyone's shut down yeah um yeah but yeah i mean it wasn't satirical like a like a monty python movie it was just pointless yes it, it was just it was nothing it was it's a giant nothing burger yeah it was a very polished nothing yeah and it would have been interesting too if maybe they went the christopher guest route and did like a mockumentary of it and like waiting for guffman or and i thought about that to where yeah. Because they had, because again, like Tropic Thunder, at the end, it's the documentary that gets shown at the award show, not the actual movie itself. That's right. And I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> to where if that was the case, they should have had the doc, because they had the guy in there several times shooting the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would have been a better movie. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. Yeah. It was like uh, you know the previews before Tropic Thunder, where they had you know the fatties and yeah, yeah, you know, booty sweat mm -hmm. and that ridiculous. Movie <laughs> yeah, get some of Alpo's ass water. That'll set you straight. <laughs> what was that? What was the preview with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Tobey Maguire? Oh, with the two uh, gay priests. Uh, Saints. Saints God, got something. Saints under fire. God. Saints in love. Oh, I don't remember. I don't. Remember. But it was like. The bubble felt like one of those previews stretched out into a feature-length film. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. It was just yeah. a garbage dumpster fire. Ugh. Yeah, it, it it was nothing. It. Yeah, because Judd, Judd Apatow, his comedies always have a protagonist that you can see is like a real person. It's like a real character. This one doesn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of these people exist in real life. Yeah, they're they're all cartoon characters. Yes, um, it's a Looney Tune. It, yeah, I mean, it's just so nuts. It boggles like Jay. It fucking sucked. Who? Well, who? <laughs> it sucked. Like he had to have known this was just dog shit. Like how he had. I'd to. love to be on that set because no one's super excited. Like as soon as they start seeing dailies or they start seeing rough cuts, like it. I want to be in that room to where they're just like, oh my god. We shouldn't what have done we, this. And have some doing? poor bastard in the corner who's like, I fucking told you. Right. Like, this is a result of everyone saying yes. And Jason, it's the worst movie so far. It's going to be tough to knock it off the perch. Yeah. It's, um, well, the rating on it, 4.7. And I made note of that, that it got a 4.7. Yeah. Uh, but that'll lead into our next conversation. But the, the other thing, can we stop? with the quote unquote funny drug scenes and movies. Have, have we done them all? 
Can, can we fucking stop? <laughs> I don't know if we can. Jesus. Did you even laugh at that? I, I'm not a fan of drug scenes in movies. Unless it serves a point to the story. Um, and it could be funny, but just random drug scenes in movies, just in comedies, to be like, oh, now we're going to get stoned, or we're going to get drunk, or we're going to do something because it'll be funny because we'll be stoned or drunk right. or high or oh so and to so took a bunch of coke or speed and hilarity is going to ensue Sue. Yeah. oh <laughs> um it's lazy yeah, I, yeah it's, well a good drug scene that i i can think of at the top of my head my favorite one is the wolf of wall street when they take all the quaaludes and yeah and dicaprio is like struggling to get back to his car and pretty good that's and and that's not even the kind of that's more of a I guess I mean mainly in comedies which Wolf of Wall Street was comedy but like teen comedies or something sure. like that yeah. like people sitting around smoking weed and like uh, 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 shut the fuck up like right, it's right. it just sucks and yeah. it's not funny um, I wasn't a fan of Cheech and Chong movies because of that because it's just it was lazy yeah it always felt lazy um, the uh, was it knocked up when they took the shrooms. And they go to, eh, it was amusing when it came out. Oh, there's too many chairs in this room. Kind of, it doesn't service the store. It's, it's pulling you out of the movie. Yeah. Here, what, here's a fun little skit. People act. We got to tell some time. Here's yeah. actors acting like they're stoned. Got it. Yeah. Thanks. Yep. And you Dope. probably, you, people have probably done some crazier shit. Yeah. Being stoned or high or whatever. Um, it's probably a lot funnier than stacking chairs yeah. or whatever the case may be. And I mean, if you're going to do drug scene, have it service the story some way mm -hmm. or another. Um, yeah. Well, in the bubble, I don't think any scene serviced the story. Uh -uh. It was just a string of. Yep. Now we got to do nonsense this. jokes. Now, yes. now here's this skit. Yes. Here's this bit. Here's. Yeah. Um, Jay, you should have let me jump jump off the bridge when I texted you. Yeah. I plan on doing it. It's just nothing. And I um <laughs> I knew it sucked. And I'm glad you finished it because I didn't want to talk about it by myself. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah. Uh we do not recommend the bubble. Wait, you don't recommend the bubble? I do not. Okay. I don't either. Um Yeah, I don't know what else to say. It sucks. Yeah, Shitty movie. If I was a studio head, which I'm not. And I never will be, but if I was a money person and Judd Apatow came up to me to with a project, I'd just tell him no. <laughs> I'm like, that, no, man, you're done. After that? Yeah, you're fucking done. Yeah. I, I didn't watch King of Staten Island because I can't stand Pete Davidson and his butthole eyes. Um, <laughs> I don't find him funny. I don't, I just, I guess I'm too old for that. I don't, I don't know. Um, but, what, do, what don't you like about Pete Davidson? Uh, he's... I haven't seen anything that makes me like, oh, there's a star. Yeah, that's someone that should make it. There's the next Bill Murray. Yeah, like I don't <laughs> I've seen. I mean, the only thing I've seen him in is SNL skits. Um, and most people off SNL, I can. Look at forget. And then they can go off and. Yeah, whatever, but. Um, like an Andy Samberg, when I first saw uh, the digital short 
the Chronicles of Narnia that yeah, lonely, him and um, um, Chris Parnell. Yeah, Chris Parnell. Yeah, uh, did first time I saw that, I was like, "That's funny. That's really good." I don't know who that guy is, but he's hilarious. Yeah. Immediately. And again, I was younger. That was 2000, whenever. Seven, eight. Yeah, I was in college at the time. And um, I was like, that's pretty funny. Everything he's, I mean, he had some dud skits or whatever, but he was consistently good. Yeah. Um, The stuff that I've seen Pete Davidson in, which the same reason I do not like Jimmy Fallon, is people who are on SNL, who quote unquote break character on the show. You've talked about this. I hate that with a passion. <laughs> That's the ultimate form of laziness. That's so you have you have people cussing in things, thinking that's what makes it funny. Right. And then you have people on SNL like a millimeter above that breaking character, which I think they do on purpose because they know oh, this skit sucks Yeah, and I can't fucking deliver it or I can't even save it or it's just not working. So instead of... Or I forgot my line and to fill the the gap, I'm going to laugh. Yeah, And or I'm not getting enough attention. So which I think was Jimmy Fallon's case a lot to where... Well, he broke character like... All the time. All the time. Which either means he's a shit actor. Yes. Yes, it's fair. Um, He is. Yeah. He's not good at keeping a straight face, which is probably true, but I wouldn't have him on any skits. Like him laughing is not enjoyable. I'm like, it's a fucking point. Right. Like, I I just don't, I'm not a fan of people breaking character on purpose. I think he did it on purpose Mm -hmm. because he wasn't funny to begin with. It was either he had two sticks. He had breaking character or he he had singing versions of songs in a funny voice. In a funny voice. Yep. Um, but Pete Davidson strikes me as someone who's similar to that, to where he hasn't broken character, but he's, <laughs> I'm in on the joke. I'm, I'm cool. I'm hip. I'm, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I he hasn't done anything that has made me laugh. Right. Or stand out. Yeah. Um, the only thing I thought he was somewhat decent in is uh, Chad or something. There's some recurring skit to where he plays an idiot um, to where the, like someone's like pouring out their heart to him. He's like, huh? Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's the whole thing. That's the skit. That's, that's the skit. And I haven't watched SNL in years. So I don't even know. Anymore. I, it's, I don't know. I, I just don't get the appeal. It sounds like he, you're describing uh uh zendaya from spider-man where she's just too cool and yeah and she's not a real person right she's she's just too cool for everything Mm -hmm. and nothing's funny or you know like oh you're just stupid Mm -hmm. that's what is that p davidson's comedy i i guess if you'd call it or i just don't care you know nothing really shakes me yeah i mean i saw the i saw him in a movie it was the the sequel it was james gunn's uh suicide squad he was in there you get his head blown off like yeah I mean, that's like pretty good. Five minutes in. That's pretty good. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he hasn't done any, like everyone talks about how hilarious he is and I, I haven't seen anything. And maybe it's the same thing. Like my father said the same thing about Jim Carrey. Yeah, could be. You could be your father. Yeah, I could be. I there mean, you go. I'm just out of touch. I could be just too old. And maybe I don't get it. Pete Very, Davidson is this generation's Jim Carrey. Could be. 
Could and, be. Uh, We're just a couple old codgers. But I don't. I, I just <laughs> I don't get the appeal, and I don't. I don't know if it's like a bad boy image thing to where. Well, he's dating Kim Kardashian now. Yeah. Stole Kanye's lady. Stole it right out from under him. It makes him cool, right? I'm sure. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Um. I'm interested. Yeah, I just I I don't get the appeal of him. Um, yeah. Well, I saw King of Staten Island. It was, it was okay. Good. I mean, I want the only reason why I wanted to watch that is Bill Burr. Bill Burr's really good in it. Yeah, yeah, he is for sure. It's because he's a good. Actor. He plays. Yeah, he plays the guy who wants to date his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it's good. Um, Marissa Tomei again plays the hot mom. Hey, we need the hot mom role. <laughs> who are we gonna get? Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. There's our lady. But um, but no, he's not. That's he's not. He doesn't stand out as like just a comedic genius in that movie, though. He has some funny lines, but it's nothing to stand out yeah. at all, really. And so you had, so I, I I would say no to Judd Apatow. Um, yeah, he's in. I was I mean I was gonna say maybe he should just start doing drama. Yeah, if that. I mean I feel like because the King of Staten Island was. Was that a comedy or was it kind of a drama? Kind of a same tone as, yeah. This is forty. Okay, so funny people. Kinda. I mean, if you want to lean that direction, lean that direction. If I mean, I don't think comedy is his bag anymore. No, um, he was trying to be James L. Brooks with like uh, as good as it gets or Terms of Endearment. That's that's what the tone of his later movies remind me of. Okay, Judd Apatow's. Where, yeah, it's supposedly a comedy, but there's like tragedy that happens. Mm-hmm. In the story. And obviously, Judd Apatow focuses on, like, married relationships. Yeah. And, which I think is fine. I think you should just really dive into that and not worry yeah. about the comedy. I think funny people would have been, a, I would have received that movie better if I knew what kind of movie I was going into. Sure. Uh, but because of the marketing, it was set up differently. Um, knocked up, 40-year-old virgin. His two best things, comedies. I think had a lot more to do with the cast than it did with um, his direction. Yeah. Um, because everyone in those movies had great timing. Um, you had, they were riffing back and forth slightly. So I, I feel like there was more of a story structure present because it was before the improv movies were yeah. started becoming a thing or more and more popular. Um, but I think it was mainly because of the actors, not because of him. Um, yeah. If he, I don't know if he came to me with a comedy, I'd be like, no, no, you don't. You're not funny. <laughs> so if he came with you at, at you with a drama, maybe you'd hear him out at least. Maybe I, give him like a sign. All, right, all right. Give me a five minute elevator pitch. I'm I'm in between meetings, Judd. <laughs> oh, it's about this guy who kills women and wears bodysuits made of made from the skin of women. Sold. I want to see you direct that. <laughs> yeah. Something like really out of the ordinary. I wouldn't mind him. Because I he makes long movies. I love long movies. That movie was just too damn long. The bubble. Um Yeah, two over two hours. <laughs> it's not need to be two hours. Unbelievable. Or even if it was just kind of like a, uh, they could they could have just structured it differently to where it could have been the, um, the assistants as main characters, but structured similar to like four rooms, 
to where oh, yeah. they had each room as a separate thing to where it was just them going to location on the set and this we- they just walk in and this weird shit happens. They're like, okay, that was weird. And then they got to go because they get a call to something else. And it's just that I feel like it would have been a little bit better because it narratively would have made sense to hop around from all these different instances. But yeah, again, that would have taken effort to do. Yep. I mean, it's sad because it it could have been a cool idea and it could have been done very, very well. And I don't know if they were just crunched on time or maybe they couldn't get all the actors consistently at the same time because of COVID. I don't know when it was shot. So I don't know what kind of restrictions were in place. Um, But if that's the case, having that many famous people in your movie, I guess would be a logistical nightmare and nice try. And maybe they just had everything going wrong for them. Um, But I don't know. I feel like it could have been a cool idea if they would have just gave it a couple more passes as far as develop the narrative structure a little bit better. Then I think, I think it, (laughs) I think it would have worked at least a little bit better. Yeah. Um, Try anything different. Yeah. But I, I don't know what limitations they had. Maybe maybe it was just a shit storm. And all of them were like, fuck this. This is it's in my contract. Piece of shit. I got to yeah. do it. Yeah, so. could be. Yeah, well, then you get the bubble. Want to talk about something else, Jay? Yeah. <laughs> this makes me depressed. <laughs> the uh, We're going from that COVID film to a different COVID film called windfall yes windfall also came out this year uh directed by charlie mcdowell and written by charlie mcdowell jason siegel did the story uh screenplay was done by oh what's his nut uh seven uh andrew Andrew kevin Kevin Walker. walker yeah um windfall is about a man breaks into a tech billionaire's empty vacation home, but things go sideways when the arrogant mogul and his wife arrive for a last-minute getaway. What did you think about Windfall? We'll start with you, Jay. What okay. did you think about Windfall? I thought it was decent. I mean, I thought it was worth watching. If you're into... I, it's a slower film, um, which is fine. But I enjoyed it. Um, it felt very... Uh, Hitchcockian it felt like a stage play it could have been a stage play Um, so it felt like the writers were very present in the movie but I thought the acting was decent um, and good in certain scenes the uh, but it felt old-timey I thought the music I I enjoyed the music Uh, the symmetry of shots uh, especially towards the beginning um, it felt like a well thought out movie. Um, and I was surprised the rating on IMDb was 5.7. Yeah, that's a little low. Yeah. And the bubble was 4.7. What the hell did I watch that was 6.7 recently? Oh. Uh, Metal Lords was was 6.7 and I'm like "Mm." but no I really liked it yeah Um, I don't I don't know if it's a rewatch rewatch movie Uh, there's kind of a twist Um, but I enjoyed it thought the acting was 
done well. I really enjoyed the music. It felt like an older film. And, um, but kind of felt like an old, like offbeat Hitchcock film. Yeah. It's where you knew all the different elements. You knew everything there and you were just kind of waiting to see how is this going to end kind of a thing. Yeah. No. What do you think? I agree. No, I, I would give it like a solid B minus, maybe C plus B minus, like that range. I agree with you. That That's the first thing I wrote down. The opening sequence, I felt like, okay, this is like 50s, 60s Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Even with the title credits, it reminded me of like Rear Window or... Oh, and the poster. Like, yes. Like, I I, yeah. <clears throat> I like movies that do that. That little, those little artistic details of yeah. style to kind of call back to other things or to set the theme or the the tone that you want with a film. I love it when, um, when uh, directors or producers do that with their films. Yeah. And I liked uh, the score was the best part of the movie. I thought it was just an awesome score. It really highlighted, especially when it came in the background, it, it actually highlighted the actors' performances when there was no dialogue in the scene, especially mm-hmm. Jason Segel, the very beginning of the movie where he's kind of just exploring the space and kind of just taking his time. Like the score kind of amps that up a little bit when he's just poking around. Uh, I thought the performances were, were very good. Jesse Plemons, I thought, Knocked it out of the park. I mm-hmm. I like him a lot. He's he's very good. Yeah, he he does a great job at kind of playing a dick. A dick, yeah, he does. And, yeah. Um, yeah, he's really good at that. Uh, yep. I like the single setting. I enjoy single setting movies mm-hmm. like Rear Window or Twelve Angry Men or Panic Room or whatever they, you know, uh, because it because you focus more on you know the situation and the dialogue and the characters than you do what's going on around like the bubble with all this stupid shit going on. Mm-hmm. This is just single setting. You're focused in on the dialogue, the story, plot lines, performance. Like you said, a stage play. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And this, I think, is a great example as far as if you were going to make a movie during COVID lockdown or during a lot of precautions um, or barriers, obstacles in, in place that keep you from doing a big budget movie like the bubble mm-hmm. then you do not do that kind of a movie you do this kind of a movie you take yeah. um robert rodriguez uh said for people making a movie on like a, a limited budget or limited options f- one one of the ways to get around it is find out what you have available to you and then build it around that yeah so uh think of anything cool you have do you, do you know someone who has a cool car great Use it in your movie. Right. Do you know someone who has a cool looking house or a cool looking backyard or a cool looking building that you can have access to? Put it in your movie and build a story around that. Right. So, granted, this only had one location, but I felt like Charlie McDowell and Jason Siegel, um, because Jason Siegel pitched the story to, I believe, Charlie McDowell and yeah. kind of brought up, oh, we should do this movie during. Like I think they were two months into the COVID lockdown. They're like, "Hey, we, we this should is do a good this. opportunity to yeah, do this." Do yeah. this. Um, I think it was a great way to where, okay, we want to make a movie. We still want to be doing something with this time. Here's our limitations. What do we have available, or how can we bring an engaging story to life with all these limitations? But we can do it in one location. We can mm-hmm. do it with limited crew, limited uh, actors. Um, and I thought it was a very good execution of that. Yeah. I like the, uh, 
I like that they didn't go down the path that I thought they were going to go down in terms of the story arc. I thought that Jason Siegel and the wife were going to be in on something together. The very first scene where she catches him and he points to her and says, Shh, and she like abides by it, which I thought was like, why didn't she make mm-hmm. a sound? Yeah, yeah. Make it, normally a wife would just like scream and mm-hmm. freak out. Uh, I kind of want to, which uh, spoilers, by the way, we're going to be. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about. So uh, do you recommend Windfall? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go watch. Go watch Windfall. If you've seen Windfall, then welcome. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I. I thought they were going to be in cahoots somehow. Somehow, yeah. And, um, but it was that that dialogue at the uh, the campfire. Yep. Then I was like, oh, okay, they're not. Yeah. Um, I'm, but, just, I'm glad they didn't go that way. Yeah. I or they, they like run away together or something, something stupid. stupid like that. Yeah. Um the what did you think of the ending i liked it actually because they did set that up pretty good i thought pretty good they set it up like why would she do that you know why would she because you felt like she empathized with a guy mm-hmm. through most of the movie and she didn't really like her husband all that much but when jason siegel's character is talking to jesse Plummons at the end there and he just you can tell he just loathes jesse Plummons. he hates him he, he's got a take something from him. Like, mm-hmm. I know something you don't, you know, you're trying to have a kid and your wife's been on birth control for a month. Yeah. But then what he did in doing that <laughs> was he took the only power that she had in the relationship away from her. And she got so pissed off that she, she thought that she could do the only thing that she, she thought at the time to take, take her power back was, all right, I'm going to kill you. And then I'm going to shoot my husband mm-hmm. and I'll be in full control of everything at this, at that, you know, at that moment in time. Yeah. And I think, I think it was well deserved. Yeah. And because you I mean it was twofold that that turned for her because earlier in the movie he asked her, "Oh, what what was it a tattoo of?" and she didn't have a chance to answer and then when he was about ready to leave, she said, um, "Oh, it I, it was a rose." And he's like, "What?" And he's like, "The tattoo on my foot was a rose." And, and the whole movie you you don't know you don't even have names for these characters but you have a sense of who they are up to that point mm-hmm. to where Jason Siegel seems like a a nice guy not mm-hmm. i mean and then it, uh she says oh it's a rose he's like i don't give a fuck like you could re- like that at that instant you you knew it was like he did not care about her he didn't care about the ceo yeah any of these people it was just completely self-interested which is fine. Yeah. Um, didn't make him a bad person, but that was the first trigger of her. Oh, you're not who I thought you were. That definitely solidified it. But the, that sense of, I don't have anyone in my life that cares about me. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And I, I don't think they, she planned it that way. I think she just acted out of emotion. After yeah, it, did, and then it just kind of fell under her lap. It was an opportunity. Yeah. And at that moment that I think she took hold of. Um, yeah. But uh, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It kind of reflected off her previous comment too, where she was talking about, I think Jason Siegel asked her, you know, would you do it all over again? Would you marry him again? And she said, ask me 30 years down the road. I don't know. I'm just, the opportunity presented itself and I yeah. took it kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, and I like I like that it was only an hour and thirty minutes. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't long. It didn't really waste any time, which yeah. I like. It was definitely 
all the fat was trimmed out of it. Yeah, I, I have here nice tight script, no wasted content. Yeah, I liked the uh, the uh, the allegory on just overall society. I know we were talking about how corporations treat their employees and all that stuff. Uh, I like that dichotomy between Plemons, you know, expressing the corporate interest, and then Jason Single Jason Single's the everyday man, mm-hmm. and how he gets screwed by you know people above him and. But I mean, I like both sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you going to get mad at me? Because I created something that everyone likes and I got rich off of it. Yeah. And you can understand it from Jason Siegel's perspective where it's like, well, yeah, but I'm losing my job now because what you created made me obsolete. Mm-hmm. And I don't hate, I don't get anything for that. I'm just left, left to the, yeah. you know, to the wolves. And it's like, oh, you should have prepared for your job loss. Exactly. It's like, when should I have prepared for that? <laughs> right. And, um, yeah, but. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just like like he Jesse Plemons gives the coal miner example. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, do you want to you want to uh or, or was it the coal miner example where you know we're talking about renewable energies? I don't know what example I gave, but yeah, something. something like that. I mean, you get that, but then you feel for the the people that are losing their jobs. So you get to this like this kind of like juxtaposition, like who do you root for? Who's in the right here? But then. Jesse Plemons character kind of takes it over the edge because he is such a dick in the movie. He doesn't treat his wife, you know, very well. And he's just an overall, just not a very good guy. I do like any movie that references three amigos. So if, if there was, if there was an opportunity to do that, or if there was an, if I was kind of on the fence, the fact that they had that in there. Why do you think they chose that movie? I think cause it's just, that scene that they did show was universally funny. And if you don't laugh at it, you're just a fucking cold, heartless bastard. And Jesse Plemons didn't laugh, right? So you immediately think, oh, this guy's a douchebag. He didn't even laugh at the, the water canteen scene in Three Amigos. This guy has no heart. You were talking about the, uh, the debate between the worker and the CEO. Um, yeah. As far as there was... Uh, there was a quote I saw earlier today that made me think of that, but it had something along the lines of um, there is no morality or decency. There is no evil or whatever. There's just things that people do, which kind of makes sense in that to where, yeah, no one's right. No one's wrong. It's just, these are just things that happen and Mm -hmm. decision. People make decisions. These are just results of people's decision. doesn't make one thing more, the only thing that makes it evil or moral is perspective. True. So, but I, I like how they had that. There was a note I had in here when uh, the gardener died. Yep. Um, it was nothing. No one was hurt the entire time until it may be because my mind was still on the bubble somewhat of thinking, Oh, it would have been better if it would have been about corporations taking advantage yeah, of yeah. workers, but violence didn't break out until the CEO provoked nobody yep. to the point to where nobody got so frustrated at his position. He fired the gun to prove don't fuck with me, scared the gardener. He was collateral damage, killed himself in the, on the window to where I didn't know if, I mean, it was probably just a weird occurrence, yeah. but it, I didn't know if it was a point of that to where, I mean, I thought about it. I was like, no one got hurt until the person in power, the CEO, just kept pressuring and pressuring the have not enough to where the have they not fired the gun, yeah. lashed out and created violence. 
to where I mean, I didn't know if that was like a comment. I don't think so, but it it was interesting to me when I saw it. It just stood out to me. Well, now they're going to say it, Jay. Now they will. <laughs> the tens of people. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. No, it, but that's probably the only one of the I won't say only flaws, but one of the things that was kind of ridiculous about the movie was the gardener freaked out like that and then <laughs> broke into the glass and then uh slices his throat on the broken glass. It was a little absurd, but I get what they were trying to do there. You had to you have to raise the, the stakes. You have to raise the stakes a little bit. Because now everything changed yes. at that point. Yeah. And um, I, you know what I thought they should have done is he shoots it and then the bullet ricochets and hits the gardener. That would have been more believable to me. But then it would have been like, okay, Jason Siegel feels guilt because he feels like he killed him. <laughs> yeah. When when he does they that, they have to absolve the guilt. Absolve the guilt, but it would have made more sense if it ricocheted and mm -hmm. accidentally killed the guy. The um, yeah, at that point when the gardener died, I knew it wasn't going to end well. Mm -hmm. Um, because up until that point, there was still a chance. Yeah, of people just kind of going away. But as soon as the gardener died, I was like, oh, all right, oh well, shit, yeah, someone died. You can't. Yep. Um. Yeah, you can't you can't get away from that. No. So no. Um, but I thought it was uh thought it was good. Did you do you think there's anything to the orange? I was trying to think of that. So in the know. Godfather, usually if someone has an orange in the scene or if the color orange is present, mm -hmm. then somebody's going to get killed. Oh. Um the very beginning of the movie, Jason Siegel is drinking orange juice yeah. and he eats an orange. Yeah. Um, while they're walking through the orchard later on, um, Jesse Plemons takes an orchard, uh, an orange off the tree. Damn it. Um, didn't even notice it. I don't know if Lily Collins, it, it didn't occur to me until they both died at the end of the movie and I only saw it once. So I didn't notice if Lily Collins had, I didn't notice no. orange juice or anything. I don't think so. If she did, then it completely throws it away. Yeah. Maybe it was a nod to it. Maybe it was a coincidence. Or they had an orange orchard. Yeah. Around them and they got a... I don't think she did. Like, ah, take an orange, make yourself look like an asshole. Yeah. So. Yeah. I recommend it. It's yeah. definitely higher than a 5.7. Yeah, as far as movies that have been made during the COVID lockdown, I think this is probably the best one that I've seen so far. Yeah. That, that I'm aware of. Um, I know there are some other experimental movies that people were shooting in their neighborhoods and shit yeah you could tell they were standing six feet apart and it was like no one wants to fucking watch that right um kind of like stand-up comedy yeah no <laughs> one no one virtual comedy shows oh god kevin hart in his living room yeah what what are you that's just terrible good i mean oh god after the bubble i mean maybe that's any any watching anything after the bubble could have been a fucking masterpiece yeah and i don't know i watched the bubble first i did too. before i watched windfall um i <laughs> when because i didn't i didn't look at anything about the bubble before i watched it i didn't either and i watched it and i was like oh god this sucks and i went and i was like 4.3 i couldn't help myself with windfall windfall i went to imdb's page and i saw 5.7 i was like oh god damn <laughs> I was like, fuck me. All right. And then pleasantly surprised. 
Yeah, I yeah. read some spoiler-free reviews on IMDb, and it was like, oh, nothing happens. Blah. I was like, it could just be a slow movie. And then yeah. push play, and it was like the first scene. I was like, ooh, that's symmetrical. Yeah. And then it like panned over to another symmetrical shot. And I was like, ooh, that's yeah, that's symmetrical too. I was like, they call in Wes Anderson <laughs> in this to uh, yeah, your favorite, yeah, do the setting, your setup. Fav- your favesies. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, I thought it was, I thought it was a good little movie. Yeah, it um felt like a movie. Didn't feel like a TV show. Didn't no. score was amazing. Yeah, the music was really well, really good. Um. It might be my favorite score this year so far. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, music by Danny Benzi and Sonder. J- Jesus Christ. All right. Yeah, there you go. Say it What's nice. wrong with the names of like Say Smith, Clark, things I can pronounce. Jer- yeah, where's Chuck and Bill? Jurians. J-U-R-R-I-A-A-N-S. Jarrett. I think they are partners, not not. Well, they're not intimate with each other? Well, I don't know, maybe. But maybe. they work together a lot. Yeah. They did music for The One I Love. Other uh, Charlie McDonald movies, Enemy. Huh? Jake oh, Gyllenhaal. The Denis Villeneuve. And let's see, let's see. Outer Maybe. Range, which I think that'd be... Oh, is that I the... Ca- I kind of want to see yeah. that. I love me some Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. So, like, their score with the supernatural element, I think would be really good. Ozark. Ooh. They did this music for that. Uh, Tokyo Vice. Man, they churned out shit left and right. Hellstrom, The Devil All the Time, The Outsider. Okay. Uh, Ooh, The Outsider. That's yeah. American Gods. Okay. Um. Oh, now we're getting into some movie. Jeez, Jesus. What? I'm like, oh, they they had quite a bit. And I was like, that was just 2017. 20... Who, I thought you were going to be like, oh it? my God, they're child rapists. <laughs> <laughs> They've been diddling for years. Um, well, no, Michael Giacchino. Michael Cappuccino. Who I thought was being stretched too thin because he did three movies. These people are pumping out. Of course, I'd have to listen to it again. I don't know if it's more drones. and You're right. Emotional drones, or I don't know what the fuck. It's not, maybe like like Danny Elfman. Yeah, where you just you'd have the Batman score and you kind of just tweak it a little bit yeah, for all the movies. Pull the guitar string and just slightly. And have do you the ever same seen thing. that? Uh, God, I can't remember what video it is, but they 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 start with the Batman and then they go to like the Spider Man theme, <laughs> and then they go to like Beetlejuice. It's like it's like very very minor. Mm, very, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's like Ennio uh, Marcone for. Yeah. Uh, anything anything well he he has his spaghetti western sound and then he had his um kind of suspense because he did the untouchables and yep. in the line of fire and yep. those two scores i felt like were very very similar yeah um yeah yeah go see, yeah see windfall it's good yeah you have anything else to add no nope pretty short episode bubbles ah oh, don't see the bubble at the end of the year, when we talk about like our favorite, favorite and worst movies, you know, in 2022, the bubble is going to be hard to top. I hope I forget it. It's fucking terrible. I don't. I just don't understand. I don't get it either. Like, why? Why waste your time doing it? I don't know. I'm. Was I, it even fun? You think they had fun? 
making that movie. Maybe. Like, is that something that came out of it? They but, enjoyed themselves? Do you think this doesn't even make it off the idea floor, given Netflix's new uh, budgetary constraints and actually picking projects to work on? See, I, Do you I, think this gets greenlit? Just off Judd Apatow's name? Yes. I think you're right. I thought I was, I thought I was onto something there, but I think you're right. I think they would have done it anyway. And just because he has a name. Yeah. Now, if it was some other guy, like, yeah, just some rando that had this idea, one, I think it probably would have been better because I feel like some a no name would have tried harder at this concept yeah. than what Judd Aptow did, um, or appears to have tried. Um, but because I, I don't think it's a bad idea, it's just it was done better at Tropic Thunder and it's the execution yeah. just sucked, but. To, I don't know. I it's I'm I'm speechless because movies are typically a passion project. You have to be passionate about something because you're going to be spending at least a year. Yep. At least a year doing that story. I, I could see if Apatow just produced it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why. Unless he just wanted some, you know what? I want something. to make the biggest piece of shit in the world. Like the make maybe be ironic. But it's not even smart enough to be like it. That's not even. <laughs> it's not even funny accidentally. And yeah, that's a great line, by the way. What Pla- planes, trains, and automobiles? <laughs> You're not even funny accidentally, accidentally. <laughs> or amusing accidentally. Yeah. You're a miracle. <laughs> Your stories have none of that. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. For days, I can listen to them drone on at conferences. People come up to me like, "Hey, how can you do it?" I tell him I've been with Del Griffin. Like, I know what you mean. <laughs> Shower curtain guy. Whoa. Um, it just by I mean, it's yeah. It didn't look like anyone cared. No, maybe it was just an excuse to spend time with your wife and your daughter. And that could be it that too. Could be it. it could be it. Like, hey, don't don't forget about us. We're we're still actors, kind yeah. of a thing. Which is this better than that Imagine video where all the all the uh, uh, celebrities were singing. Imagine. Yeah. I think so. Just because. Do I think that video was worse than the bubble? Yeah, because I couldn't finish that Imagine video. That's a good point. I turned it off. Yeah, after. that's fair. The bubble's better. Than- I think as soon as I saw Will Ferrell on there because i think he was on there he was on there um because it was like gal gadot like starts it off and then it was like douchebag douchebag like a couple of fucks and uh had a couple of fuck, couple, boys, couple in, fuck boys fuck boys in there and uh <laughs> and i was like oh my god these people are losing their fucking minds yes. like i i felt like they were having a harder time with the lockdowns than what normal people were right um just because they're, Joe Schmo down it, the street lost his fucking job. Yeah. 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 And like, I, f- yeah, I feel like someone who lost their job was sitting there probably watching that video of like, Jesus, I'm in a shitstorm right now, but I'm not fucking freaking out like these guys. Right. To where they were more concerned about being forgotten. Yes. And craving that, attention. God, that was. It was a cry for help, Jay. It was. It, it was. It was funny to see. <laughs> it's so fucking tone deaf and. 
was there a time i'm sure i remember there was a time where we actually cared and took actors seriously i am not at that point anymore i don't yeah. take anybody seriously anymore the uh i want there's a channel on youtube called a critical drinker have you ever seen any yeah of his stuff? yeah oh yeah he did a video and he kind of touched on the imagine video okay uh, but he he uh i think it was a video titled like the um the death of the the hollywood star or something like that oh, okay. or the death of the movie star or the hollywood celebrity um and he he goes on he's he says at the beginning of the video he's like um back in the 90s and uh early 2000s and before that you had uh, celebrities were kind of looked upon as oh people high up to where like you what you would want to be them you want to emulate them you'd want to emulate them uh they they seemed likable and friendly and just they were very good people and Mm -hmm. um they were very glamorous with class and that was a result of press releases and pr people and rehearsed questions and answers to uh, press rounds for movies and film junkets and stuff like that to where it's very highly structured. It's filtered. And it's filtered. And it's created. It's a brand. Mm-hmm. It's fake. And he said, then with the advent of Twitter is what brought it all come, is what slowly started the death. And his reasoning is, which, I mean, it makes sense. I, I think social media is the worst thing that's happened to the internet. <laughs> Um, because it gave <laughs> celebrities an unfiltered voice directly to the fans and the fans could interact directly with the celebrity. Yeah. You no longer had that structured scripted buffer. Yeah. Um, because before that it was just red carpet runways and yep. waving to the crowd and giving selected si- interviews, signing and autographs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, to where you couldn't see the ugly side of somebody. Now yeah. everyone has a microphone and they can't be babysat 24-7. Yeah. And then you start seeing the weird uh, ec- uh, eccentric, fucking the, the weird Excent- shit. Eccentricities? <laughs> Ex- uh, <laughs> you, you see their fucking weirdness, uh, the, the, the dumb shit. Clip, 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 to where, I mean, you just see them slowly start to degrade and then, oh, oh, this celebrity yeah. said something weird. This celebrity said something weird. And then it kind of culminated into the uh, the 2020 lockdowns with the Imagine the, the Imagine song. And he says, he's like, <laughs> and I feel like the world as a whole at that time looked at the celebrities and said, wow, these people are fucking idiots. <laughs> and just stopped giving a shit. And I think, I mean, that's the case now because i mean now it's there's a different anyone could be a celebrity now yeah you no longer have to be in movies you could be in tiktoks or level playing field whatever the hell so um yep you don't have to know someone who knows someone to know someone to be cast in something mm -hmm. or to get a shot you can just do it on your own yeah Yeah. and but uh but yeah so that was a pretty good video that he did was the uh death movie star but um yeah yeah uh but yeah that's fair bubble is better than i met the imagine video that's the only good thing i can say about it jay (laughs) 
Although the Imagine video probably had more thought, <laughs> probably. more brain power put in for it. Yeah. <sighs> Which I will say, I was I was wondering. I I didn't I haven't seen the whole Imagine video, but I was the whole time when they were talking about the importance of themselves in the bubble. Was I was trying to think? I was like, were any of these douchebags in that Imagine video? Or were there was another video that was a black and white? Um, I take responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. God damn it! Like, stop. It was like a fucking hostage video. Like, like you will say this in the camera. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. God damn. Oh, God. Jesse, come on. That, that'll that cure racism. Exactly. That, that'll solve it. That solves it. It's in black and white, okay? It wasn't. There is no color. Shades do you understand gray. the metaphor that we're trying to go with here? <laughs> I don't think you do. Uh, yeah. Good times. People are dumb. I know. <laughs> Speaking of dumb... Hey, what are we watching next week, Jay? God. <laughs> Hopefully it's fucking better than this. <laughs> I hope so. No, nah, I'm going to put a needle in my dick. <laughs> All right. Join us next time. <laughs> As we put needles in our dicks. dicks. <laughs> As we talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and the Netflix series Ozark. So I, those are going to be two good things to talk about. Yeah, I hope so hope so yeah. yeah so i will binge ozark between now and then yep and i've already will, seen it we will watch multiverse of madness good talk yeah talk next, next time Jay. yep till next time yep <laughs>